Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride, the most popular Chiefs website on all of the internet. Pass intercepted. It's Dan Sorensen. A pick six. Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan Sorensen. All Chiefs, all the time. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. And welcome to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley. <laughs> Pete Sweeney. In the house as he's been here for uh, quite a while. Yeah. CDOT keep you, kept you for bonus time. I know. And, you know, CDOT doesn't give me anything extra for that, just so everybody knows. So I'm, I'm doing that out of the goodness of my heart. How about this new intro? We've, we've been with like those it. random bells for a long time. This is Like uh, last year, we, were, we didn't have one, did we? We were we, kind of doing our own thing a little fl- bit. Right? Flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, yeah this is a, a new style, new intro, new season of Arrowhead Pride Radio now that the Royals are done. And it's exciting to be back with you, Jay. We continue on. Good to be back with you, Pete. As we left off, uh, well, two and two now. It's been a different situation. The Chiefs being undefeated, or as we've seen in previous seasons throughout the month of September. But it's good to be back with you. You guys are doing big things over there at Arrowhead Pride. It's a lot of fun. Um, What you guys do with your injury reports, the stories, what Ron Kopp is doing for you over there, and and Matt Stagner, their podcast, and Tom John Dixon, the whole crew. Thank Even you. Kramer, Kramer's, Kramer Dog Simulations. The Good simulations stuff. are just killing it right now. People love the Madden simulations. Somehow yeah, the Eagles. The, 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 the Virtual Royals spun off to a few things, right? This that's the, right. This is the uh, bonus sitcom. Joey didn't work as a bonus sitcom. Kramer spinning off with the Royals has worked, and it is going well. The Eagles actually beat the Chiefs in the Madden last week, which was a stunner yeah. on, on Madden. Yeah, and get rid of the game. Then the Chiefs took care of business, so I'm eager to see – uh, what happens with this Chiefs Bills sim? Um, we post that on Fridays, by the way. Well, the first injury report of the week is out for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones did not practice today, dealing with that wrist as he's been dealing with that the last couple of weeks. Ronnie Watts did not practice, but DeAndre Baker, Orlando Brown, Frank Clark, Rashad Fenton, Tyree Kill, Shavarius Ward on the injury report for various things from groin to to quads, but all full participants in practice. Bill side, Mario Addison, Cole Beasley did not practice. Mm. Not injury-related, rest issue there. But uh, Taiwan Jones, Matt Milano did not practice, nor did Greg Rousseau for the Buffalo Bills. But these these injury reports, Pete, are sometimes misleading when it comes to some of these games. <laughs> well, I have a couple notes for, for the Chiefs that you should, okay. you should listen to. So Willie Gay is not on this list, but... What has happened now is he is designated to return. So the 21-day window where the Chiefs have to activate him has now began. We're at 20 days now. So there's a chance he could be activated this week, but a lot of times they'll base it based upon the time here. And so they might see how he is this week, and maybe it might take till next week. There, We still have to see on Willie Gay. So we have no status update because Which, by the way some of these last to last minute it's like baseball right sometimes the guy you're calling up is already in the town but they don't make the decision 
to right before. That's what the NFL did last week. A right. lot of guys got off of IR, but it wasn't until like Saturday they made that. Uh, the designation no. means he can put a helmet back on and try to start practicing again. So we don't get an update on him because he's not on the 53-man roster. Chris Jones being shut down is interesting for Wednesday. We'll see if he practices limitedly tomorrow. I think the Chiefs are trying to get that wrist back to normal. Andy Reid mentioned it. It's kind of a distraction. I know we might get to that. And then the other ones that stand out to me, Jay, and tell me if you agree with me, are Frank Clark and Charvarius Ward as full participants. That typically means, especially on Wednesday, that these guys are trying to return this week and the Chiefs need them to return against what is a really strong Bills offense. I honestly expect to see LPs next to them, limited participants in practice today. Yeah, me but too. I did FP too. as early as Wednesday is a good sign. FP is a good sign, and these guys have missed the last two games. Now, the Chiefs need a healthy Frank Clark, and we don't know what we're going to get there. I would imagine, just like they did with the other hamstring that was injured, it'll be a rotational thing as they have him on a little bit of a snap count to start with Mike Dana, who has been fantastic for the Chiefs, an early surprise this season. Jarvarius Ward, to me, it's not like a guy who is is typically all that injury-prone, so I, I bet you he could go right back to that right cornerback position and play 100% of the snaps. So I'm really optimistic about Javarius Ward. We'll see if Frank Clark is on a, a snap count with the hamster. Before we dive into things here, are you kind of with me on the uh, the defense? I was, I, was, I was asked to just define quickly the problems. And I think yeah. sometimes it could be simplified as Jaron Reed is not the guy that the Chiefs thought they had there on the defensive line. At this point, Okay, it's early because it gave them the flexibility to move Chris Jones outside. Jaron Reed was a big cog in all this. And then Frank Clark not on the football field. I think a lot of things can be defined just by those two moves. Yeah, and I know it's it's a story we don't talk about as much anymore because it's gone so bad for the defensive line to start, but we have not really seen Jaron Reed and Frank Clark together. We were talking a lot about how their best year of their careers was in Seattle and was with each other. We were talking that about that ahead of the season, and we were saying, oh, these guys exploded for 20 sacks all of these pressures. 131. But they have not really been able to play with each other fully healthy yet. So I would love to see once Frank Clark finally gets back healthy, what kind of impact maybe that could have on the rest of the line. And that really includes Jaron Reed. But I think you're right. If Jaron Reed could get to the production level that I think the Chiefs were expecting, then things will start to happen where you feel more comfortable at Chris Jones on the outside. I know we had mentioned the risk, but that seems to be maybe an issue we're not talking about enough either and so it starts I think with Jaron Reed and then the problems kind of work themselves both outside along the line and then behind the line where you're also missing Willie Gay who are waiting to get back and then the cornerback injury doesn't help either so there's a, a lot of reasons but I I think you're right for starting it with Jaron Reed not producing yet. Yeah, Mike Dana the former fifth round pick didn't yeah. even go to the combine the transfer from Central Michigan to Michigan believe it or not he's actually got more quarterback hits than Frank Clark about 25 percent more then not Frank Clark, then uh, Chris Jones this year. A lot of people. Dana looks great. Yeah, but the he's best defensive end on the Kansas City right. Chiefs through four weeks. Well, it's still early. Michael the jury's still Dana. out. But he does, have, that. he does have 25% Unreal. more quarterback hits. Now, a couple of moves in the NFL that kind of caught us by surprise, at least the national media too. Jalen Smith, linebacker, uh, best linebacker in the country, was at Notre Dame. Uh, going to be probably a top five or ten pick when he was there. Got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl, and really the impetus on a lot of guys not playing in bowl games because of what happened to him right. in a non-playoff game in the Fiesta Bowl with Ohio State. Still drafted in the second round. News came out today. He's going to the Packers. I know. You, I know you wanted him, right? Jay? I did. You know, I did actually. I did because 
you know what? You add pieces. When you're that bad, we're 31st total defense. You add pieces. It doesn't harm you anything. Mm. You get the money thing was a little bit scary, but uh, yes, I do like Jalen Smith. Trading for him was a non-option well, here's with, my that, thing, with the contract. I, I know his production's down a little bit. He is the second greatest uh, linebacker on pro football focused in, in coverage. Right. But he's also shown up to every practice and every game. That stuff matters to me when you show up. And he was team captain last week. I know a lot of this probably had to do with the price tag on him. If a team traded for him, they were taking on a colossal contract for potentially damaged goods. There was an injury guarantee where he didn't play or was unavailable in 2022, the Cowboys would be on the hook for, I think it was like $16 million. Yeah, 9.2 clause would kick in for next year. And the weird thing is they played him last week even on special teams. I just he think, could have got hurt. Right, exactly. I just think there's something to him reportedly being available via trade where they're trying to move this guy and you go over 31 on teams. And so – I don't know. To me, it didn't seem like a guy who was going to come in and be the savior of the Chiefs' defense, which it does feel like there's missing some kind of spark there. And he ends up with Green Bay, so we'll see if they ended up making a mistake. I know that we've looked at what Ingram has been able to do, and we're sometimes a little bit regretful on that one. I tend to think the Chiefs won't regret letting Jalen go, but again, remains to be seen. We'll see how he does in Green Bay. And one that I know that you liked, and he's the former Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I like this Stephon guy. Gilmore. So um, good. He's so good. It's just like Jalen, kind of a financial deal. Couldn't get the contract. Still in the pup list, yeah. but can be traded. He was traded to the Panthers for 2023 sixth-round pick. I like Stephon Gilmore. Now, a lot of people were interested in that. Unfortunately, he was traded to the Panthers. But here's the thing. Not everybody's the Baltimore Ravens that'll trade you in Orlando Brown. Like, to mm-hmm. me, Belichick, if he's going to make a trade, it's not to the Kansas City. Right. Like, that is a coach that still respects the teams above him in the AFC and doesn't want to make them better. It was going to be a pipe dream if Kansas City was going to get him because they were going to do business with him. The reports are right now that Kansas City, I believe the NFLPA, uh, Nick Jacobs of 41, tweets this out every, every once in a while, and thankfully, I believe it was around $3 million, and then... You know, you go to spot rack, and the Chiefs are around two million dollars in salary cap space. And it's if like three point one ten, team's going to trade for Gilmore. You know, you're taking on six million, and then you're probably in in the mix for needing to extend him. And the and the Chiefs are still in the mix of figuring it out an extension with one of their more important players and safety, Tyron Matthew. And they do have to figure out Orlando Brown as well. And you only have one franchise tag to go around, so it just gets very, very muddled. And I I understand the caliber of player. If maybe there were different circumstances where you weren't having to trade for him and he was going to be available on the open market, maybe there's a convincing that could have happened, but a team did trade for him. And the Carolina Panthers, who is a a desperate team after that injury to to J.C. Horn, and they feel like they suddenly have an opportunity here with the way Sam Darnold is playing to make some noise in the NFC, and I believe it. I think they can make the playoffs, and they're going all in to an extent. And what they have on their side, Jay, and we enjoyed this in Kansas City for quite a while, that rookie quarterback contract. Sam Darnold, it seems like he's been around forever, but he's he's still in that fourth year, and that's magical when it comes to being able to fit guys under your salary cap. But a prove-it type year for him, too. So it's no very doubt. important for him, and you're getting no him doubt. in a situation. Willie Gay, you mentioned him, the 20-day window. 21 days, but it's day 20 now to put him on the active roster. I, I think he's going to play, to be quite honest with Hope you. Hope he that's does. With Willie They've Gay. been missing. You know, we, we said that Reed might be the number one problem. I think against these running teams, especially teams like uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, I thought to an extent Jalen Hurts was was – was weaving and bobbing a little bit. I think he would have been better against them. I think he would have helped 
against the Cleveland Browns and some of the things that the L.A. Chargers were doing as far as the flats and the screens go. That's Willie Gay's wheelhouse there where he's Mr. Turbo, he's lateral, he's chasing these guys down. Chiefs have missed him significantly, so the sooner the better. We'll see if he plays this weekend. One guy that will be playing Mm. probably is named Josh Gordon. He's on the active roster. Our first peak question of the night. Coach, on Monday a conversation had to happen with Josh Gordon to see where he was and if you added him to 53. How did that go and, and what, did, what did he tell you? That- yeah, so um, he, he feels he feels good. He feels like he's in in pretty good shape and um, and wants to get going. So, you know, he's got experience and I, I've learned over years that they'll, they'll, you know, the veteran guys will tell you the, how they're feeling and where they're at because they know what's ahead of them. They surely don't want to embarrass themselves. So, he um, uh, he feels he feels good about getting in there and kind of getting it started, and we'll see where it goes goes from there. You know, whether he's active or not or whatever, we'll just see how it goes. You know. What's your comfort level with his knowledge of the? He's very. And then last week you had an article up on ArrowheadPride.com yeah. with a beautiful quote from somebody you have to have like you named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, everywhere he's been, he's kind of dominated. So, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, definitely exciting. Um, he's someone, like I said, he, he's not covered when he's covered. He can make <laughs> plays on one-on-one coverage, um, and I'm excited to have him uh, here with us. I am very excited about this, Pete. was the day they drafted him. Now, I always like likened the last night to Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be good anyway. This offense is maybe historically good, how good it is in the NFL. But a Sunday is going to be good. But putting a whipped cream and a cherry on top, that's a little extra thing. That's Josh Gordon to the Kansas City Chiefs. X receiver now, 6'3", 230. Do not have that. I can stop scaring when I probably still need to do it. Scaring wide receivers in the college ranks, like Traylon Burks at Arkansas, mm-hmm. 6'3", 225. They got their guy in that size. Right, yeah. I I think you have it to an extent in Travis Kelsey, but it's a little bit different in, in the relationship that Mahomes and Kelsey have. And Tyree Kill is clearly a number one receiver at this point, but even at 5'10", it's more of a high point situation. It's not that big target. And I just, I think Mahomes has missed this on the outside for a long time, right? You know, it's like the one thing they didn't have. Right. And, and I, I just, you know, they're, they're developing Jody Fortson into it a little bit with, with the bigger target, but this is a different animal when he's on the field, when he's healthy, when he's got his head straight and, all the signs look like he seems to to have just that right now in Kansas City. I don't know how you could be more motivated than being able to play with Patrick Mahomes, and hopefully that kind of steamrolls into more and more motivation each week to keep his head on his shoulders. And, wow, I, I am really eager to see how the Chiefs use him uh, against the Buffalo Bills. I, I tend to think, like, similar to F- Frank, Frank Clark with, with the hamstring injury, and the snap counts, I don't know if it'll be an exact snap count, maybe more of some packages built in for Josh Gordon, but I think you'll get, in a sense, a glimpse or a preview against the Buffalo Bills and then building to really a full-go part of the offense. What's been interesting here, Jay, is Andy Reid and, and referencing Cleveland, and really what he's referencing is 2012 with Kyle Shermer and Brad Childress. Like, long time ago, it's just crazy, you know. And 13, North Turner was there. Right, and North Turner. And it's when uh, he had his best year. Andy Reid and and some of the terminology and, and keeping that and, and how that's helped him, it's just fascinating just how much football and, and decades and whatnot bleed into each other. So Josh Gordon's did the hard part. All right, you got Mahomes, you got Kelsey on Rich Eisen, talking about how good you are, you got Tyree Kill excited about it. If you're going to win a room with the Kansas City Chiefs, 
if you got Patrick Mahomes behind you, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, yeah, you're in pretty good uh, pretty good company right there. Ron Cop uh, from ArrowheadPride.com will be our analyst that we have going forward uh, this season on the show. Ron joins us next on AP Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger, Jay Binkley. Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. That time in the show when we are joined by the lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. He's got some fantastic work out on the website right now, something we'll get into in just a second. Good evening, Ron. Good evening, guys. Two of my favorite people to talk to. How are you guys? We're doing good, Ron, at Ron underscore cop, K-O-P-P. I am, I know, Ron, but Pete, uh, what are we doing here? What do you? What do He's you? He's not your favorite man. K O double P, of course. <laughs> K O double P. <laughs> Ron on the website arrowheadpride.com, Since this is AP Radio, I love this article you put out. The uh, and uh, if people want to check it out, I, I strongly recommend it. Three important statistics from the first quarter of the Chiefs season. Technically. We need one more quarter because it's 17 games, you know. But you can't we can do quarters. Anymore. We can still call it. Ron's a, Ron's a football coach. We could say eh, yeah. it was four, four quarters of football. But uh, of these stats, one of the things I really enjoyed, and I'm not going to give them all away, just give a one away, have everybody else go over to Airhead Pride and read the rest of them. But the Chiefs have the highest yards per play rate on offense and defense. That kind of stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the offense, uh, the yards per play, We've seen the offense be so dominant this year, so it's not too surprising, right? But the thing is that it's kind of uh, skewed a little bit because of how little possessions they've had. They've actually had the least amount of possessions in the entire NFL this year. And so, you know, that, that kind of goes to show you that there is something to, if the defense can't get off the field, it does really affect the offense. I've always kind of been one to say, hey, you know what, as long as the offense is scoring on the, on the drives they have, does it really matter how much time possession the other team takes up? But it shows right there that it does affect the team. You know, the less possessions, the less amount of time the Chiefs have to score. And so it absolutely is impacting the offense. Obviously, they're making up for it by being incredibly efficient. You know, I noted that the yards for play rate is like .3 above the second one, and then that's the same amount of range between the second and on that list. So it kind of just shows you how far away and better they are from the rest of the NFL and offense. But on the defensive side, it's obviously not a good thing. Not only are they giving up the most yards for play, 
like I said, the, the time of possession has been crazy. They, they, they've given up a lot of time of possession per drive, a lot of yards per drive. So, yeah, right now it's just it, it's really a, it's that 2018 kind of sense all over again where the offense is dominant and the defense just can't get off the field. Pete Sweeney, Jay Binkley, Arrowhead Pride Radio, talking to our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp. Ron, K-O-double-P. That's right, K-O-double-P. We know that you're going to be getting into the opponent's scout later tonight. I know people are really, and, and this is merited, they're worried about the Chiefs' defense based upon some of the things you just said against this vaunted Bills offense. What should give people optimism about this matchup, if anything, in your mind? Well, yeah, I think I, I know we've seen those, those scores, right? Those last three weeks they've been blowing out teams, and that's a little scary. But the opponents they've played have, have been, you know, uh, not not very good. Uh, you know, the nice way to say it. But also, Josh Allen this year has just not been that great, honestly. He, he really hasn't. Um, if you watch the games, even that thirty-five nothing game against Miami, he just wasn't very impressive. They just kind of ran the ball really well. He didn't have to do much. Actually, you know, according to PFF. Josh Allen has the second most turnover-worthy plays this year. Not all of them have turned into turnovers, but he has eight. And the only quarterbacks ahead of him right now are Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. So if that tells you anything, uh, he, he is kind of putting the ball in harm's way, even against bad opponents, you know. And, and that's probably why they haven't all turned into interceptions or fumbles is because he's playing bad opponents. And, hey, the Chiefs defense hasn't you know, earned any uh, respect over those opponents that he's been playing. Uh, to be right. honest with you. But, no, I don't think Josh Allen is at that level we saw last year. Last year he was a legitimate MVP candidate, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is not playing like that this year. And, and, I, and I do think they've been able to rely on the run game uh, the past few weeks because of the opponents they've been playing. Now they can do that again, obviously, but they're not going to be able to uh, do that as much maybe because the Chiefs offense obviously is going to put up points, and they're going to have to keep up. So I do think Josh Allen might give the defense a couple uh, opportunities to turn the ball over. And that obviously is something we haven't seen the last two weeks. Chiefs have not forced a turnover in two weeks. And that's kind of those game-changing things we need to see from the defense. You know, they just need to be good situationally, and I think they have a chance to make a few big plays against Josh Allen this week. Yeah, Jay, we'll go back to you. The opponents he's talking about are the Miami Dolphins, Washington football team, and Houston Texans. And turnover plays, I mean, that makes me think of the Honey Badgers. So I, I wonder if he's a, a player to watch on Sunday night. Well, they've been turning it over. Well, not turning it over, but putting the ball on the ground, but getting it back to plus seven, number one in the NFL there you go. in turnover ratio. But Big Ben, Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills. <laughs> and the rest of their schedule is very similar. This is the first yeah. real quarterback they've seen. I'm not buying into the Bills. I'll tell you, if the Chiefs played the Bills' schedule, we'd be talking about a 4-0 Chiefs team that would be cracking uh, the stupid power rankings over at ESP that didn't have the Chiefs <laughs> in the top 10. They'd be there, Ron. I mean, you look at the average offense the Chiefs have played, 8.75. Average defense ranked 10.5. They played good teams. The Bills have not. Are you buying into what they're doing? I mean, honestly, they go out and win Sunday night, the Bills. Okay. That's a good win, Arrowhead Stadium, against the best quarterback they've seen. Will it take that to get you to believe in the Bills? Because that's gonna, what it's going to take for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, hey, if they come into Arrowhead, you know, all of a sudden, it's, you know, they, they got to be the favorite to win the AFC and even maybe win the Super Bowl if they come into Arrowhead and win. Um, but right now, I'm with you. I actually I would put the Chargers and the Browns still, and I know the Browns haven't looked particularly great either. But I would put them both over. I think they're both more dangerous teams than the Bills right now. And, and hey, you can't fault the Bills for, you know, playing the schedule they got and blowing yeah. those teams out. You know, we, like the Eagles last week, I think the Chiefs 
should have probably had a more comfortable win than they had if they really are going to be, you know, this elite team. You can't fault the Bills for destroying the teams they've had on their schedule. You know, they've had two shutouts. That's really hard to do in the NFL. Two out of three games, they've shut out the opponent completely. And so I don't want to fault the Bills too much because they are a good team and they are going to be in that AFC contender picture. It looks like they're going to run away with the AFC East unless the Patriots start turning things around. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried about them. Um, you know, I think, like I said, the offense is powerful. You know, Josh Allen's been iffy this year, but I guess the Chiefs' defense is he's probably going to put up some points. So I do think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to come down to the wire on Sunday. But, you know, I, I do see this offense, the Chiefs' offense, just being a little too much for them. And, and, and I, think, I think the Chiefs will come out on top. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I won't buy into the Bills until we see them, you know, beat a, a legit contender. And, and they haven't yet, obviously. Ron, I'm going to challenge you here. We talked about the injury report to start the show. Good news, Frank Clark and Charvarius Ward, hamstring and quad injuries. They were full participants on Wednesday. We're not sure if Willie Gay will play in this game. He's designated to return from injured reserve, but he's still on injured reserve. Those three players, one on each level, who is the most important player to come back and play the Bills for the Chiefs to win on Sunday night? I'd say it has to be Willie Gay, and and I think Frank Clark. There's an there's a there's an argument for Frank Clark because the pass rush has been non-existent. But I mean, I don't think we've really. I, I think we can all kind of agree that you know Clark hasn't really proven that just because he's going to be in there, it's going to really increase the pass rush and be better. Now I will say uh, before I get to the Gay point, you know Clark being back in should, in theory, have Jones maybe on the interior more. Uh, you know the Chiefs have used him on the interior, uh, you know, in spots, and I like that. But I would still like them to do it more, and I do think one reason they haven't is because they don't really trust whoever's behind him on the, on the defensive end to play a lot more. You know, if, if Clark and Dan are back in, then you can trust them to be on the outside and have Jones inside more. But the thing with Willie Gay is his athleticism, man, that's so important, especially against a quarterback that can run and scramble. They're not going to use Josh Allen to design run game necessarily, but he's going to scramble, and, and he's going to get yards with his feet, and, and guys like Hitchens and and Neiman and Bolton, you know, as good as they are in you know, maybe run defense or certain other aspects, man, they have not been really really good at uh, chasing down quarterbacks or getting sideline to sideline. Gay can do that. Gay will chase down an Allen and you know, maybe turn a 10-yard scramble into maybe two or three yards because right. he, can, he can cut it off. So, yeah, I, I think Gay is the most important. If they could get him back on the second level, it just boosts, like I said, boosts that second level athleticism so much. And especially against a scrambling quarterback, that's going to be really important. Final question for you tonight, Ron. Is this the best offense we've seen under Mahomes at this point that's about ready to add Josh Gordon? I, I got to believe so. And, and the key point is, and, and I, I wrote an article about the run blocking from the Philadelphia game, this, this run game looks dominant right now. And I know we played two teams that maybe aren't the, the you know, strongest uh, run defenses like the, the first two opponents were. But the Eagles' defensive line is pretty good, especially up the middle. And those were the, 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 the three Chiefs and Tier offensive linemen were the three players that really had a good game against, against Fletcher Cox and, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave. Those were the guys that really dominated in the run game, really opened up huge holes for Clyde and Darrell Williams. And if their run game is going to be like this, on top of the passing game, that, which even without, you know, a, a receiver two, uh, you know, yeah, obviously Josh Gordon, you hope, is going to be like that. Even without one, they've been dominant in the passing game as well. So if this run game could be just as good, taking advantage of the light boxes that defenses are going to present because Mahomes can throw, obviously, so well. Yeah, I, I, I think it's got to be the best offense in the Mahomes era because, uh, you know, even in 2018, they didn't have an offensive line like this in terms of running the ball. And they're looking really good. They're only going to get better. That's, that's the craziest part. Is they are going to get better as the season goes. From articles to podcast over at ArrowheadPride.com, lead analyst Ron Cop at Ron underscore Cop K-O-P. K-O-double-P. 
is what Pete Sweeney says. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys. Keep in mind, Ron Kopp will have that opponent scout coming at you later this week. Or at Pride.com. Yeah, I'm still laughing at, uh, and I won't get it. I'll get into it later. Um, most analytical teams in the NFL, ESPN, another article. They had the Bills at number three. And that was a team that kicked three field goals deep in Chiefs territory. Analytics would not have liked that. Regardless, Pete Sweeney, Jay Binkley, AP Radio. We come back. We'll look at the uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the explosion. We buying into the running game being better. Plus, Chris Jones and the wrist injury. Mm. Andy Reid had a few interesting things to say about that today. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney, Chris Inocero, producing the operation. One thing that uh, Ron brought up there, Pete, and I know that uh, you and others have really talked about this with the Chiefs. You buy it into the running game of Clyde Edwards Larry. He is seventh in the NFL in running. He did have the 7.3 last, last week. And they played against the 30th and 26th rush defenses in the NFL. And I've always said this. Yep. Any running back behind Mahomes should thrive. Patrick Mahomes is public enemy number one to anybody playing him. They don't, they don't get to Clyde in the game plan. It's stop Mahomes. You're not seeing eight-man fronts that you typically would. He should thrive. You buying into it, or is it because of the competition, or if they arrived? You know, I, I think it's... I think at this stage, you got to say it's it's a little bit of everything. I know we would love to pick out one as as we're trying to make a take on this, but I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming to his own a little bit. I also think the offensive line is thriving. You get a chance to talk to these guys. As they get more experience together, it seems like they're doing better and, and better. And really, there are times in the game, and especially along the what would be the right guard, as, as you, you would see um, Bink, with with what Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith are doing as far as making holes for Edwards Hilaire. We know if you give him a little bit of room, he's going to be able to do some damage here. And I think, especially at that position, and I'm combining really the running back and the offensive line and the run blocking, a lot of times you start to stack games. Like you get confident after one game and the confidence builds and the confidence builds and the confidence builds and Granted, I, I know that we just came off a segment sort of making fun of the Bills for who they've beaten. When you talk about run defenses, you can't pick to face the best run defense necessarily, so they've they've taken care of business. It will be interesting to see if they can continue this when better run defenses come up. And we'll see, and I do like the, the aggressive style and the physical play of the offensive line. The pancakes of Orlando Brown, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey. You must love Trey Smith. We haven't talked about oh, this, dude. man. My, Is he your favorite I, chief in a long time? Well, you know that's always my favorite. That was my favorite draft pick right afterwards. I love I love playing right. that stuff with Jeff Schwartz uh, when he was talking about the violent play. Yeah. And the light switch came on when his high school coach said, you're too big to play like this. you got to be meaner, man. I know that you love, A, offensive linemen. Yes. Because they got similar stature what to you. What are you saying? Uh, B, you, you like guys who – are a little bit old school with the violence thing. And you like, like X's and O's guys. You can really tell, as a lot of the football guys say, he really loves the game and getting better and whatnot. So all three big things. I, who knows if he likes bang energy? I mean, that's really the last <laughs> the last question we have. This brings us to our next Pete question. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, teams are and typically are playing you a little bit deeper in coverages this year and making you guys play more methodical. How do you feel like you're responding to that and how important is Clyde in that sense? 
yeah, I think we learned a little bit about it at the end of last year. Where we were able to have the, being able to have to throw the ball short, drive the length of the field, trust these guys are gonna, like Tyree are going to make plays and get down the field once they catch the ball. And I think uh, having the offensive line come in, how well they can run block, um, and Clyde running the football, I think that's just going to continue to be another step in the right direction for us to be the best offense that we can possibly be. Certainly. When you add the running element in, able to have these 11, 12, 13 play drives like they've been able to do. I know the, game, the name of the game is score points. They right. can score from anywhere, but you sprinkle in the run game from time to time. Even Brendan Staley today said it with the Chargers, saying it gives the quarterback a chance just to breathe. Yeah, and I God, I love the flash when the Chiefs are throwing the football over, all over the field. But teams are adjusting, right? Like that's going to happen in the NFL where at the beginning of games you're seeing teams play a little bit deeper, but you start running the football and you start running the football well, all of a sudden Tyree Kill gets loose down the field and you're able to see that loft, beautiful pass down to him for the touchdown and the flip and whatnot. And and I, I think the Chiefs offense becoming balanced is, is to me, a maturity thing that was going to have to happen eventually because you're not going to just be able to do the one-dimensional thing for a long time. I think those that goes back to why the Chiefs ended up taking a running back with you know, what kind of equates to an early second, late first-round pick. Sometimes that, that pick is, is met with criticism, but it's starting to look better and better as you finally got a good run-blocking offensive line in place, and this offense as a whole is becoming more methodical. That's someone something that I saw ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, who's becoming one of the more respected analysts in the game. He called the Chiefs the most methodical offense in the NFL. That is quite a compliment coming from 2018 Mahomes, which was, let's all be honest, that was the most fun ever, right, where he just is playing back backyard football every game coming around the corner, rolling to his right, hitting Chris Conley in the end zone against the San Francisco 49ers. But the more consistent winning will come from this style of play, and I think the Chiefs are understanding that. Moving over to the defense uh, quickly, uh, Chris Jones, the inside-outside conversation. We'll get your opinion on that. But you had asked Andy Reid about this defense and can it improve. And I know we'll get spags on on Thursday, but where are the points of focus right now that, that you can maybe see tangible for the defense to improve as early as next week? Yeah, I think, listen, there are, there are areas that we've got to take care of. It's more, more situations that we've got to take care of in, in certain uh, coverages and, and uh, just calls. So, I mean, you know, the scheme. So um, we just tighten that up a little bit. I think we'll be okay. Never quite as good as you think, never as bad as you think. So um, a few little tweaks here and there, I think we'll be all right. Is Andy Reid talking about his defense, 31st-ranked defense. Now, again, the teams that the Chiefs have played offensively have been good, that have been exploiting this defense. Uh, the average offense, they're facing their top 10 offenses uh, this team is playing. But the real question is Chris Jones, and he's been dealing with that wrist, Pete. And this is what Andy said about that. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a distraction for him. And um, – you know, so that's what we're trying to give him time to let it let it go today. He's like not going to practice today, so um, you know. So we'll we'll see how he how he does. You know, but that's that's kind of where we're at. Just take it day by day and see how he does. You know, so you know. the wrist injury is affecting him. You an inside guy, outside guy. I mean, the wrist it doesn't matter if you're inside or outside. It can be an issue. Yeah, you, you think about the hand-fighting aspect of it all. I mentioned this on the drive, and I'll repeat it for those who weren't listening. We, we, we knew how important that was to Tamba Ali during his prime, and he passed that along the Justin Houston 
and and you saw it in Kansas City, and it and it's the hand fighting, and it's that that war that you have when you're going one on one with the guy, and it's got to be impacting him. And I'm wondering out loud now here, because the Chiefs are trying to calm this thing down, maybe they give him the entire week where you just rest this thing and he doesn't practice at all. Like, I think this is a candidate. You see how on the Buffalo Bills side they have rest days for Cole Beasley, for example, where he's just a veteran who's getting rest. I could see them giving Chris Jones at this stage of his career the veteran treatment where it's like, look, dude, we know you're going to be good. Just take these mental reps. Let's not even touch the wrist this week. Maybe we can get it to calm down because it kind of seems like based upon his limited status these past couple weeks it it doesn't seem like whatever the issue is is going away and so maybe let's calm it down let's get you back to as close to 100 percent as we can in a game where we're really going to need you to impact this good young quarterback despite some of the things we've talked about earlier in the show real quick do you like him inside or outside better hard not to like him inside better i'm not as ready for i think others to to just give up on the experiment altogether but I'm, I'm getting close. That's kind of where I'm at right now. You're listening to AP Radio. By the way, questions for Pete. It's going to be coming up next after the break. 913-576-7610. The Jay Southland Toast Service text line. If you have a question for Pete, plus I'm going to put uh, Pete on the hot seat a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. About a comedy made preseason. Oh, no. It should be readdressed. We discuss oh, that next. No. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Keep those questions rolling in. We'll pick one. Ask Pete, Jay Southland, Toast Service Text Line. Nine, maybe two, maybe two, three. Oh, maybe three. two. Big shout-out to uh, the real Pete Sweeney in New York for uh, joining <laughs> us. And also a shout-out to Mark Schwinn, who's, a, who's a, a big listener of this, who's been battling a few things. He's in the hospital now. What's up, Mark? He's listening to this, so a big shout-out on your recovery, Mark. We appreciate you being such a big Chiefs fan. And of course, yeah. He runs a restaurant down in southern Missouri. Uh, Mama Loke is in the Art Haynes from the Chiefs Network. He'll stop in there from time to time. Uh, my man Art will there. All right, Pete, the hot seat for you. Uh, before the season, you love the Chargers. Uh, Turns okay. out that <laughs> I love the Chargers. No, I, like, I like them as the, uh, there was there's like a like little bit more the second than like team. There was roses. There's on only the first one undefeated date. team, and it's in the NFC. Bing. I'll just let you know. Your Charger Pete. No, and I was tell, I was talking up the Browns more than the Chargers because I wanted yeah. to see something tangible in the playoffs. Browns won a playoff game on the road against a rival. I get it. They played a terrible schedule, but they still did. You see and the now Chargers they play this weekend? The Chargers and the Browns. Did you see the Chargers in the Raiders stadium? Nope, it was their own stadium the other night. Getting booed and managed to get out to a twenty-one nothing lead and put them away. The Raiders, to me, uh, of of all the teams, they they are. To me, this is never going to stick, the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
It's going to be the Chargers and Chiefs all, all year long, Jay. And I, I'm telling you, do you want to put a wager on it? I know you're a big Cleveland Brown. We let's let's set the stage here. Jay and I were arguing all off season as to who was the biggest contender for the Chiefs. And I I said a number of times Chargers, and you said no, the Browns. Here they are playing this week weekend. <laughs> we did give the Bills respect though. No, we, the Bills were getting very little respect, but we them. still respected them though. They're okay. Uh, but we were between the Browns and the Chargers. So here we have a one-on-one game. Both teams are playing well. The Browns look like they have a very formidable defense, uh, I will admit. Number two in the NFL. What do you think? What what, should, what are we putting on here? You want to you wanna go steak dinner? Well, I do a burrito bet with you since CDOT's never paid me up on it. So uh, Barbecue. How about a Q, do we do barbecue? Q39 dinner? Let's do barbecue. And then we could get mystery beers after. If you do, know where, don't say where they are, but we'll go get them after. We'll do barbecue in this situation. All right, here's the question. Okay. Now, Brian Greasy, by the way. I really, I like the Manning cast anyway, but I really miss the Manning cast. Peyton and Eli, when Brian <laughs> Greasy is bloviating on Justin Herbert being the second coming of Joe Montana, saying this is the team to beat See, in the AFC West. You skip right <laughs> past the Chiefs and go straight to Chargers. Don't mention the four, four turnovers I know. and they won the game. Then Michael Robinson on NFL Network uh, says the same thing, Pete. Are you saying the same thing? No, no. I've made that very clear from the beginning. I have said they are an AFC contender. I always thought that they would have that fifth place seed, which is mean second in the AFC West and have more wins than whoever the fourth place team was in the division. That's that's the the quality of team I think they are. By the way, Monday Night Football, I have a take I want to get out on this. I have a problem with the main broadcast. I actually like the main broadcast. I know the Manning cast is getting a lot of love. I think it'll be back in two two it's weeks. Like week eight. So it took a couple weeks. My off. problem with the trio is, do you know who Levy is? And you know what he sounds like? Sometimes I get caught and Riddick and Greasy sound the same almost. I just wish it was Riddick in there, not Greasy. I agree. But sometimes I'm like, which one of the actually, guys? I like the Mannings better. You just want the Mannings <laughs> to have the main, main broadcast. It's better huh? broadcast. Okay. All right. Well. But still, man, I really miss. I them. can appreciate it. They've been funny. I I like when Eli does that. He stands up and does the Dak Prescott hip dance, and they have enough cameras to to show it off. And I, you get the double birds from Eli Peyton making fun of him the whole time. Uh, it is more fun, and and I I would agree with you. I think the main broadcast would be better if they did subtract crazy. Yeah. So you're not ready to say this is the team that beat in AFC West. We can all agree that was kind of one hundred percent. I've never forget the team that our Chiefs thing, have won twelve of the last fifteen. Our argument was always who's the number one threat to the Chiefs, yeah. and we both neither of us said the Bills. You were high in the Browns, I was high in the Chargers, and here they are playing for uh, what's going to be a lot of burnt ends, I think, and definitely some onion straws and probably some craft beers. I would imagine <laughs> if I'm going with Bank, it'll be fun. Here's a question from the eight one six: Why does uh, well, how, how often do the Chiefs blitz? Uh, should they do it more? I've got an answer for you. They're 11th in the NFL, 47 blitzes. But do the Chiefs need to blitz more to get to the quarterback? Because they're doing that, but they're just not bringing him down. Depends on what the, the game dictates. I know that that is an answer that can go a lot of different ways. But if the Chiefs can get off to a, a lead and it becomes a little bit one, more one-dimensional, then I think he could play back a little bit. It's just that they've been in a lot of games. So Steve Spagnuolo has been trying to to mix it up, and, and he's been offering a lot of different looks. And I know that Spagnuolo has been coming under fire. I, I think he's working with what he has right now. I mean, this is a Super Bowl-winning coach who's done it twice and turned defenses around. And He's not missing tackles. 
And, exactly. And I, I'm just not on the, the bandwagon of this is Steve Spagnuolo's fault. Like, this to me is on the players. It's, it's not Steve Spagnuolo's fault that they're not getting the communication correct. That, that to me is such a player thing. And it's been an issue for three weeks. So, I don't know. Count me out on the, the Spags is the issue camp for now. In one of the biggest issues from defense brings us to our last peak question of the night. What gives you confidence that maybe the, some of those calls and the, the, the communications can be cleaned up as soon as Sunday night? Hey, we, that's what we're out here to do. We're going to go out there today and tomorrow and Friday and, and uh, put in work and, and uh, hammer away at it. And, um, you know, each week you, you uh, expect to improve. And, and uh, that's what we talk about is, is, is chase improvement. And so, you know, we'll identify areas that we need to get better at. Um, and, and there's lots of them, honestly. And, and uh, we'll just keep chipping away at it like we always do and, and continue to improve week in and week out. There was a question to Dirty Dan about the miscommunication. It's been an issue with this team, Pete. Uh, one of the I- other things was, can this defense find the form like they did in 19? It really happened at that Rams game in uh, there- there's some optimism that this, this defense could could be cleaned up as soon as Sunday, and w- what is critical is it has to be. Your only way you're going to beat this team and this Buffalo Bills offense is by this defense playing better. And I just I just think if not, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a last ball type of thing. Maybe Mahomes can score fifty and you can manage a win, but uh, I think you you'd be more comfortable if the defense plays better. Yeah. All right, Pete. We got about a minute left. Uh, you ready to do a prediction yet? Or are you still? Uh... Still thinking about it. What do you think is going to happen on this game? Huh? I get the Chiefs by three. That's what Vegas the has. Full size Mahomes, not the mini Mahomes like uh, many did guns there in life. Full size Mahomes. They went Ve- by three. That's what Vegas has. I'm leaning Chiefs right now. I'm still thinking about it. If there was ever a, a week where you, you feel like maybe you could pick against Kansas City, and I have not done this, man, I can't even remember the last time I was considering it. I was 1999. even. 1999. <laughs> no, I definitely picked it against the Chiefs after uh, since, since then. But no, I. I don't know. Should be interesting. Check on arrowheadpride.com later this week. We'll have our predictions up on, on Friday or Saturday. And yeah. this podcast will be available also on Arrowhead Pride uh, Podcast Network. That's right. Each and every week, if you do miss it, if you're listening right now on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, we'll post the replay uh, so you can listen to it there as well. Jay, you are a, a an integral part of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and really our, our Arrowhead Pride family. I, I, <laughs> I You don't get enough credit. You, we got to get you a hat. Yeah, you do need to get me ahead. Thanks, Pete, uh, Editor-in-Chief. Yeah. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Chris. Thanks to Chris Uno, Sarah Producing, and Ron Kopp coming aboard. Big good night. Yeah, it's me next.